I'm excited to be with you guys tonight to share um, what I think God has for us tonight. Tonight we're talking about a new series. I don't have a graphic for it. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. But it's called True Surrender. Somebody say surrender. Turn to your neighbor and say surrender. Right? One of my things about the word surrender is we do not use that word in common language, right? Nobody is like, um, have you fully surrendered to the law, right? Like, no, we don't really say that word. We don't talk about surrender. Um, did you surrender your homework to the teacher? Like, no, bro. What are you, why are you being weird, bro? But I want to talk about surrender tonight. But before I do, you okay if we pray? Is that cool with y'all? Hey, I'm jumping in. Y'all, y'all okay to jump in? Y'all a little distracted tonight. So we're going to do something. Would y'all stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. And what I want you to do is I want you to find somebody you have never met before. And I want you to introduce yourself. Ready, set, go. Some of y'all ain't moving. 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 (laughs) All right. Y'all can grab a seat. All right. Now I, need, now I need a little sample to see, to see if y'all are awake. Y'all awake tonight? I'm going to need a little more energy than that. Y'all, y'all awake tonight? There we go. There we go. All right. Here's, here's, here's how we're going to start. I'm going to start in prayer. Jesus, help my message be what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Short and sweet. Here we go. Matthew 16, 24. How many of y'all brought your Bibles? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, okay. Who brought the only the New Testament? That's not, that's not a real Bible. That's not a real Bible. I love you. Get her whole Bible. I promise. It only weighs like two more pounds. Just do it. Just do it. Matthew 16 is where we're starting tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, hopefully uh, your neighbor will share with you. If not, it'll be up on the screens. Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus. Right? Some of, y'all, some of y'all have heard that as a cuss word. You're like, Jesus Christ. You're like, no, that's my Savior. Don't you use his name like that, right? Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Somebody say, deny yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. You're like, what in the world, right? Whenever I say deny or denied, all I think of is Dikembe Mutombo when he goes, no, 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 right? Like he would block people. If you're a basketball player, you're like, he was denied at the rim. He got blocked. And what I'll tell you is, is that denying yourself, denying who you are is a part of walking with Jesus. Oh, I don't like that, Pastor Taylor. Part of of following Jesus is saying no to what you want and saying yes to what he has for you. Part of following Jesus is not just uh, 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 checking off religious checklists, but choosing Jesus' plan over your plan. And one of the things that I love, uh, I, 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 like, I like living in America. When I've traveled to other countries, I'm like, man, I miss toilets. I miss ice. Y'all, in Europe, they don't do ice, like, at all. Like, mind blown. Like, you literally go and you're like, hi, can I have some ice? And they're like, what are you talking about? When you ask for water, they give you sparkling water, right? Right, when you go to other countries, you experience things. How many of y'all been to Mexico and ever had the water before? Ooh, hello. You do not want to do that. Don't do it. Don't try it. Just trust me here. Don't do it. 
But one of the things that, that I think is silly and maybe sometimes foolish about the country that we live in um, is, is sometimes the silly patriotism. Like, um, where is he going tonight? He's about to piss everybody off. That's okay. I remember, I remember growing up and, and, and learning about America throughout all the wars that we've been in. And one of the thought processes and themes that we have throughout our history is like, America never surrenders. How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Maybe in school or maybe from an older family member, like, these colors don't run, boy. You're like, what colors are you talking about, right? Well, you're a little, you're a little overzealous. And what I'll tell you is, is that our country has made surrender a negative thing. We never give up. We never drop the ball. We never surrender to something else. And I'll tell you that God's definition of surrender is a whole lot different than what we've come to experience. Um, how many of y'all have like older cousins or older siblings? Okay, okay, okay. How many of you have had those older siblings or older cousins pin you like to the ground until you like say a word. Maybe it's uncle. How many of y'all had the word uncle? Like say uncle and you're like uncle. And they're like, no, I don't understand what you're saying, right? How many of y'all had those people? Come on, come on, come on. It's okay. This is an open, open and honest conversation, right? I remember having older cousins that would pin me to the ground and they would tickle me. They would do whatever and they'd say uncle and they'd be like, say uncle, say uncle. And I'm like, uncle, 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 right? I'm trying to get out. And what we have learned about surrender is surrender is what strong people make weak people do. We have learned that strong people make weak people surrender. And can I tell you, surrender is never about making something. Surrender is about choosing something. Can I tell you that Jesus had all the ability and power in the world to go, hey, I'm not going to die on this cross today. And he would have been perfectly fulfilled and per perfectly right in doing that. But instead, he surrendered himself to some busted justice system that really did him dirty and beat him and mistreated him and people spit on him and the Bible says that that he surrendered himself and that they beat him so badly that they couldn't even recognize that he was a man. They couldn't even they couldn't even tell who this what this thing was. And I'll tell you uh, surrender is not what dominant people make weak people do. Surrender is a choice with God. You have a choice to surrender, and he won't force you to surrender. He's not going to pin you to the ground and say, surrender, little boy, right? He's not going to pin you to the ground and say, you better surrender because I'm going to do something awesome in your life. Like, I don't believe you. You're pinning me to the ground. Surrender is a choice with God. He will not force you to surrender, but he is always available for when you do need to surrender. Here's the first point of my message. No matter how long it takes, God will wait for your surrender. Uh, God is a gentleman. How many of y'all have ever experienced a real gentleman before? Come on, come on. Oh, some fellas looked at their lady friends and they ain't raising their hands. You're like, ooh. One of the things that I'll tell you about being a gentleman is a gentleman is always a gentleman. A gentleman is always a gentleman. There's not moments of being a gentleman. There is either, you either are or are not a gentleman. Ladies, true? I'm going to need y'all to talk to me tonight. Ladies, true? Right? You're like, oh, he got the door one time, and then he made me buy the meal. Right? You're like, oh, not a gentleman. Right? Right? Hey, he, 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 he operated like a gentleman. He took me out. He was very nice to my parents. But the second we got into the car, he just ripped the loudest belch I've ever heard in my life. And he was like, did you hear that? Yes, I heard that. Idiot, right? 
And what I'll tell you is, is that gentlemen are gentlemen all the time, and it's the same way with God. He's not going to get aggressive with you as you get older in life. He's not going to look at you and be like, man, you've been believing for 27 years. Get your act together, bro. I'm making you do this. God will trust and will allow you to choose when you surrender. Um, Julian, would you hand me that tissue real quick? I want to show you guys something. For a large portion of my life, I was a tissue. No, not really. But this is a comparison. I am white. This tissue is white. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Race. <laughs> He's making funny jokes. I can laugh now. <laughs> Hopefully he says something inappropriate so I can laugh, Julian. <laughs> this is making me nervous. And one of the things about a tissue is normally a tissue is folded in half right before you use it. Because some of y'all got like, you know, um, pressurized nostrils. And when you blow without folding it, it's blowing through, right? It's spraying. You're like spraying and praying like you're in a Call of Duty game, right? Like you're like. And one of the things about this, this tissue that I'll, that I'll share with you. Not a very good rip, but we're going we gonna to make it work. There are two parts to every single person's life, okay? There's the part that you're not proud of. And normally what we do is we crumple this up and we hide it. And we're like, but look at this. Look at how pretty this is. I got all A's one year in elementary school. <laughs> like, you only had two classes, PE and dance. Stop, right? But this is the part we show everybody. This is the part that we go, man, isn't God so good? I read my Bible today, right? I'm not in debt. You're 12. Of course you're not in debt, right? Like, oh, man, God is so good. The sun is shining, right? This is perfect. I'm not struggling with anything. I, I don't need to go up to the front to the altar. Everything is good, man. But you hide this part, and you go, man, I'm going to figure this out back here. I'm going to figure this out back here. Back here, I'm going to just make it so pretty and beautiful, and it'll just be amazing. And can I tell you, um, the part that needs to be surrendered is both. God did not die for the best parts of you. Because if he only died for the best parts of you, that's a very small percentage. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? If he only died for the good parts of you, then, then, then all the other sacrifice has been wasted because you want to play the role of your own Savior when really Jesus died and he filled that role. So the tissue, I spent a lot of my life pretending like, God, you're awesome. There's no problems. Everything is amazing. Right? I sang that freaking uh, Lego movie song. Everything is awesome. Right? Some of y'all are like, what is he talking about? That's how you know you're young. When I quote Lego movie stuff and kids don't get it, that's when I'm realizing I'm getting old, right? And what I, and what I learned through this process is that the more I hide this, the worse it becomes. This doesn't get better crumbled up and hidden. I know you're thinking, young man, like, man, you know, I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with lust. But once I get married and can I have sex? It's going to be amazing. This will just disappear. That's not how it works, bro. That's not how it works, right? You don't suddenly figure out your problems when there's a new situation, right? You're not like, man, I'll get healthy when I have kids. Right? Man, I'll figure this out when I'm older. When I have more money. Ooh. 
When I have more money, I don't have to work as hard. Then I'll prioritize my personal spiritual walk with Jesus. Nope. How you steward when you have little is how you will steward when you have much. Um, most of the time we're embarrassed of this right here. And can I tell you, everybody has this? Oh, Right? You're like, uh Pastor Taylor, I'm the only one who has ever struggled with this. Do you know how dumb that sounds? You're telling me in a room of 200 people, you're the only one who's ever looked at something you shouldn't look at. What I'll tell you is everybody has a side they're hiding. And the faster you bring it out, the faster I believe God can bring healing to it. Because God won't force your hand open and taking it from you. God allows you to present it. God, this is my little tissue paper that I've been hiding. There's probably a booger in it, right? But I'm trusting you with it. And that's really what surrender is. It's a choice. Um, can I tell you the next point of my message? God desires complete surrender. That means all of me. Um, you can't say you're surrendered to God when only like 3% of you is open and honest. Um, if there are things you're scared to talk about um, with a trusted person, I'm not saying in general, you don't need to get up on the mic and be like, when I was three, I punched a kid, right? Like, no, 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 you don't have to tell everybody. But what I am telling you is that there has to be a relationship. There has to be people in your life, moms, dads, uh, brothers, sisters, people who are walking this life with you that you go, hey, I'm just going to be open and honest. When I, when I hide things, it only gets worse. But when I bring it into the light, that's when God can do healing. And I'll tell you that I think surrender, um, I remember watching a movie, and, and I think it was Flushed Away. I don't know if y'all have seen that movie before. And y'all like, I love that movie, right? You're like, this is such a weird movie. But there's, I think there's a part, if I'm remembering this correctly, where they're impersonating French people, and they go, we surrender, right? And I don't know if you understand history, but French people have surrendered a lot throughout all of time. But one of the things that I thought of when I started, started writing this message on surrender, I said literally that popped into my head. We surrender, right? We give up. Well, you're going to kill us, right? We don't want to die. And can I tell you that surrender doesn't lead to death with God. Surrender leads to true life. Surrender doesn't come from, what, what we've experienced surrender is like, man, if you surrender, you're going to be taken advantage of. They're gonna, people are going to hurt you. People are like, man, the people who've surrendered throughout history always get the, the short end of the stick. And can I tell you, when you surrender, you get the best part that God has for you. When you surrender, you get the full, the full weight and the full glory of what he has for you. And I'll show you. Luke 9, 23. We're going to jump through a lot of passages tonight. Just write them down. If you're taking notes, don't worry about flipping there. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Somebody say daily. Somebody say on the daily, right, and follow me. One of the things is surrender is acknowledging that you have failed. But one of the things is, is that you have to acknowledge that every single day. If you don't acknowledge that every single day, you will get prideful. Be like, man, I surrendered 25 years ago. And you're like, but you still busted. <laughs> I surrendered 25 years ago. I'm good, bro. And you're like, bro, you still cuss people out when you're driving down the freeway. And your bumper sticker says, follow me to church, right? Like, I ain't following you to church. You're going to keep my car, bro. One of the things that we have to learn in surrender is surrender is not a one-time thing. 
Surrender is not like, and I don't even believe salvation is a one-time thing. I believe there are moments when we come back to Jesus and go, hey, I am recommitting. I'm rededicating. I'm saying, man, I trust you fully again. God, there's other things that have distracted me, and I am recommitting my life. And I think surrender is the same way. Surrender is not a one-time thing. It is repeated. Surrender is, a necess- is, is necessary to a deep and fulfilling walk with Christ. Tonight is all about denying yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, deny yourself. No, turn to your other neighbor and say, you got to deny yourself, bruh. You got to deny yourself, bruh. Galatians 2.20 says this, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Let me tell you a little bit about what, what crucifixion really looked like. Crucifixion, we've made it like cute and like we put it on a necklace, right? And we're like, oh, Jesus, you know. He's somehow smiling. <laughs> You're like, no, Jesus would not be smiling. Like, <laughs> right? It's not how Jesus would have been. Jesus would have been in incredible pain, agony, would have more than likely uh, been, been suffocating in his own blood. It's not exactly a smiling thing. But Jesus, Jesus is hanging on this cross. But we, we look through the whole process of crucifixion, and crucifixion would actually look more like a, a, a whole procession. It wouldn't just be a day. There was, if you read through the story, Jesus was beaten. He was, he was spit on. He was mocked. He was tortured. He was stripped naked to walk in front of an entire city. And he carried the very cross he would die on. Talk about, you know, I don't know if y'all grew up like this, but I remember growing up and there would be moments where my, my mom would be like, go pick out, go pick your spoon. Go pick the thing that I'm going to spank you with. And you're just like, please, God, let there be a styrofoam pool noodle in the kitchen, right? You're like, here you go, Mom, right? And I imagine a very similar situation where Jesus is carrying the cross, and every step he takes, he realizes, I'm going to die on this piece of wood I'm carrying. I will be nailed through the wrist and through the feet to this piece of wood and I won't die because of pain or shock. I won't die because they, they stab me or, or do some internal damage. I will die because I will drown in my own blood. I imagine Jesus and all of his power, all of the miracles he's ever done could go, I don't have to deal with this. I didn't sin. You did. Loser. <laughs> right? I didn't sin. You sinned. You, you carry this cross. Why am I carrying this cross for you? He could have been like that, but Jesus had fully surrendered to God. You actually read it throughout the Bible that there's a moment when he's praying and he's like, God, I do not want to do this. I do not want to do this. If there's any other way, I will do it. But not my will, but yours. And I would ask you, how many times do you pray that? Not my will, but yours. Not my will, God, but yours. We'll jump back into Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I tell you, uh, when you give your life to Jesus, it stops being about you? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about me. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's not about you. Right? I love, I love that Christianity is the only thing that as soon as you join, we stop, it stops being about you. 
Right, you join a country club, and they're like, hello, sir, um, can I get you a tea? Right, like they suddenly start, it's all about you, but when you join Christianity, when you start following Jesus, you realize it's not about me anymore. There are people who need to know that Jesus died for them. There are people who need the gospel. Your friends at school, your friends at work, if, if they never hear about Jesus, can I tell you, not because Jesus doesn't love them, but because it, there, there is a cost to the sin that we choose to live in, they will go to heaven. But you get to be a part of that. You get to have a say in that. And the only thing it costs you is choosing, okay, God, your will, not mine. Can I tell you, God is not looking for people to jump up on the lunchroom table, start kicking food. Jesus died. All you are going to hell. No. Don't you ever say no, right? Don't do that. Don't do that. The true, the true evidence that Jesus tells us to look for when you're looking at other disciples is do they love one another? How you love others will be a testament to how Jesus has changed you. We'll jump down to Luke 14. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Luke 14, 25 through 27 says this, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, right? Jesus had, Jesus had the followers. If Jesus had an Instagram, he would have been more popular than, than anybody. He would have been more popular than Selena Gomez. He would have been more popular. He would have been the top follow. He would have been the trending account. He would have never trolled anybody. He had never subtweeted anybody, right? But he had the crowd. He had the followers. And the difference with Jesus is Jesus loves us enough to challenge us. He doesn't just want to build a big following. This is the difference between most religions and Christianity is that Jesus is about developing disciples, not just gaining followers. He's about you carrying the same thing that he carried and not just being like, come follow me and be a little duck in a row and just do exactly what I tell you to do. He's about building disciples. Verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. You're like, whoa, I got to hate people? And what, it, what it's implying is, no, you should not operate in hate. But what it's saying is that in comparison to your love for Christ, the love that you have for other people should not look the same. Your love for Christ should overwhelm every single part of your life. There should be people who go, man, I don't like playing basketball with that guy because he prays for me after we get done. <laughs> after he hits a three-pointer, my face is like, hey, bro, can I pray for you? You're like, whoa, hey, that's so disrespectful, right? Right? The thing is, is you should, you should be so in love with Jesus that other people are like, yo, what is different about you? And it's not, it's not connected to how cool you are because cool fades. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? Somebody who was cool 10 years ago is no longer cool. Right? You can elbow them if they're next to you, right? They used to be cool. Verse 27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And I know that I'm showing you some intense passages here. Somebody look, some, turn to your neighbor and say, this is not uplifting. <laughs> and can I tell you I'm okay with that? I'm okay because if you really catch deep, true surrender, it will change your entire life. 
if you really get this to deny yourself, because I'll tell you this, every plan you have, if it's not submitted to God, it's going to fail. Do I have some friends who've lived some life in here, maybe some adults who go, hey, I tried it on my own and it failed. Do I have some people in the room? Okay, a couple of y'all, a couple of y'all, a couple of y'all. Some of y'all are in high school and middle school. You're like, yep, I tried it on my own and they were a terrible boyfriend. Yes, you were 11. No one knows how to be a good boyfriend at 11, right? You hold hands. It's so weird. We're, we're, we're 11 years old and his hands are smaller than mine, right? Probably shouldn't. Baby hands, right? John 6, 63 says this. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Human effort accomplishes nothing. If you were to take the biggest, baddest thing humans have ever made, right? If you were to, if you were to, Build it, and you were like, "Well, I'd probably say like the Great Wall of China. I'd probably say like the pyramids or the Sphinx, right?" But as you watch, as you grow older, you will actually see those things begin to wither away. When it was fresh, when it was new, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" But whatever is built in human effort profits nothing; it equals nothing. For your plan to work, you have to surrender it to God. For your plan to work, you have to surrender it to God. Joey, you can make your way up here. I want to show you guys um, an illustration I learned from a, from a guy. His name is Andrew Murray, okay? Somebody say Andrew Murray. Can I get, Julian, can you give me a piece of paper? I need somebody who is really fancy handwriting. Really fancy handwriting. Everybody's like, no. I use a keyboard, Pastor Taylor, for this specific reason. Everybody here have fancy handwriting? Kate, you got some nice handwriting. Come on, Kate. Come on, Kate. Y'all give it up for Kate. Woo! Come on, Kate. Come on, Kate. All right, Kate, tell the people your name. I'm Kate. Tell them where you go to school, Kate. CDO. Woo, any CDO people in here? <laughs> you are the only one. You are supposed to be a light in that school, Kate. She's like, I'm trying. I'm trying, Pastor Taylor. No, I just need one. I just need one. Thank you, my lovely assistant. That doesn't matter. So one of the things, this is my favorite pen, right? I'm a nerd with pens. Anybody else here have, like, possessive with, like, pens, right? You're like, it has to be .38. You're like, I don't even know what .38 measurement is. Is that nanometers? What is that? I don't even know. But one of the things that about writing is, is you are like this pen, you fancy, you shiny girl, right? No, I'm just playing. You're strong, young man, and incredibly passionate. I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things about a pen is that a pen has to be fully surrendered to the hand that's writing. Oh, hold on. The pen, if it has a mind of its own, it will not accomplish what the writer has set for it. If the pen suddenly is like, I am now an elephant, and the pen chooses to start, right? It's pretty good, huh? I'm pretty good, guys. It's the only animal I can do. But, um, but one of the things about this pen is that if it gains a mind of its own, if it suddenly starts def deferring and going, no, 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 I'm choosing my plan over the writer's plan, and suddenly it stops producing ink. It stops accomplishing the reason it was put on this planet. And you, young man, young woman, have a purpose on this planet. And it's not just to make a lot of money. 
And it's not just to get married and have a beautiful family and do all that. Those are all good things, but that is not your ultimate purpose. Your ultimate purpose is to be a disciple of Jesus. And he will lead you into all sorts of amazing things through that walk with Jesus. So, but I want to show you something. Kate, would you mind, would you mind just writing, I don't know, like your name and like your favorite thing? Just start writing it. Like your favorite place to eat. Oh, you're like a sideways writer. You like crank that thing. Crank that soldier boy, right? It's like working like this. And one of the things that will happen is, is you will be living your life, trusting the Lord, because Kate is pretending to be the Lord, and then you'll get distractions. Keep, keep writing. Keep writing. Is this difficult right now? Is it working? Does it make you want to stop? Hmm. You, not being fully surrendered, might just be holding back the thing you've been wanting God to do. You not being fully surrendered. Y'all, I look at this, and there are parts where it's like Kate Bear. It's very pretty. And her favorite place to eat is McDonald's. The Mickey D's, yo. But then it starts to look really bad. And then it starts to, I can't even read this, because there's not even any real writing here. And can I tell you, your dreams, your plans, unless they are submitted to God will leave you jumbled. It will leave you one moment. You'll be older. I know there's some, some adults in this room, and they, they, they're, they're focusing, and they're trying, and they're doing all these things, and then they step back, and they're like, what is my life? What is this? I thought there was a plan, but there's no plan. God, you don't have a plan, and it's not because God doesn't have a plan. His word says that he has numbered every single one of your steps. Every single day you take a step at school, he knows where you're going to step. He knows the intimate parts of your life. But are you fighting him for control? Are you fully surrendered to what he has for your life? Thank you, Kate. You're awesome. One of the things, one of the things that I think marked me was that I lived a lot of my life half-surrendered. And can I tell you, there came a moment, I was, in, I was in eighth grade in middle school. I don't even remember, I don't even know if I've told this story. Probably have, I tell a lot of stories. But I remember being in eighth grade, and I finally had that moment. I was like, Lord, I'm trying to do this thing. I was, fa I was fake at school, I'd pretend like I had my life together at church. I'd be like, yes, I read my Bible today, and I didn't read my Bible. I'd pretend, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to tribe, and I didn't go to tribe. I'd be like, man, God is so good. I'm just, you know, all these things are amazing. And then I'd go to school, and I'd bully people. I'd be a total jerk. What a, what a terrible representation of Christ. I'd be like, yo, Jesus is cool with you being two-faced? I'm not cool with Jesus then. Wait, Jesus is like pro-hypocrites? I'm not, I'm not about Jesus. And I remember being in eighth grade, and there was a guy, and he was on the, the, the football team, right, the eighth grade A team. Y'all know Miranda Middle School, we, we had like a lightweight team and a big boys team. And I was, David, I was right there. I was three pounds from being on the big boys team and being able to play, like be one of the fast kids. I had to play left tackle, five foot five. A lot of character development, guys. And I remember being in that season 
And I hated every minute of that season. But I remember I finally got it. I finally just was like, I'm just going to just be obedient to what God says. There was a guy on the A team. We were in a practice. And he gets so mad because he messes up a dumb play or something like that. He's a, playing D-end and reads it wrong. And he is on the ground. And he just reaches up and punches the ground as hard as he can. Ends up breaking three bones in his hand. Just like, <sighs> Tells you how good the field is at Miranda Middle School. Just probably punched a rock, right? And he's walking around in a, in a brace the next week. And because I was a part of an incredible youth ministry, they had a, they had a rally the next, the next week where they invited a bunch of people to come to it. It was after school. So really only the, the, the after sports teams came. And he comes in. I can't remember his name. And he comes in, he's wearing this brace, and I'm just like, just feel the Holy Spirit, just go. You need to pray for that guy. And I'm like, God, I weigh 107 pounds. He's so big and scary, I can't do this. And I remember God just saying, is it your plan or my plan? I'm like in middle school, y'all. I'm eighth grade. I'm like 13, 14 years old. Your plan or my plan, Taylor? Because I'm not going to force you. God will not take control and possess your body and make you be a good believer. He's not going to walk you into the, your morning and suddenly wake you up and be like, time to read your Bible, boom. Right? And I remember going up to this guy. I was like, hey, can I pray for you? And there are very few, I'll just tell you, I'll just give you a little bit of wisdom. Uh, there are very few people who will go, no, don't pray for me. Most people are like, I got a lot going on. And I could use any help I can get. And he goes, yeah. And I go, can I pray for your hand? He's like, sure. Remember, he's got three bones broken in his hand. And I pray for him. I pray for him probably two or three times. And I was like, test it out. Tell me what you're feeling. He takes it off. And he's like, it's not hurting anymore. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I was like, hey, it's not me. It's Jesus. He ends up going home. His mom's like, why aren't you wearing your brace? He goes, it doesn't hurt. There's a kid who prayed for it. It doesn't hurt anymore. And he goes to the doctor. The doctor then does the x-ray and goes, there's nothing broken in your hands. And what I'll tell you is, is that's not to hype me up. I was a scared kid. But God can do so much through just a simple yes. God can do so much through your simple surrender. And you go, man, my plan is not working, God. I'm just going to trust you. And anything you tell me to do, I'm going to be obedient because I believe God honors your obedience. You'll start walking in blessing. You'll start walking in connections. You'll start walking in favor that you've never walked in before because you're obedient to his plan. Remember the pen? Are you tired of trying to do it on your own? And maybe you're not, and I'm okay with that. Tonight is not a message where I go, you better get it together. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. No. Like I said, God is a gentleman. He will wait for you. But what I'll tell you is, is that true surrender, absolute surrender, is necessary for your walk with Jesus. For it to be deep and fulfilling and life-giving to the people around you, it's got to be complete surrender. Here's how I want to close tonight. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? 
And maybe you're in this room and you'd go, Pastor Taylor, it's really hard to deny myself. I do not want to do that. And what I'll tell you is no one wants to deny themselves. Everybody goes, nah, bro, my plan's going to work. Just trust me. Nah, I got this. I can figure it out. And what I'll tell you is, young man, young woman, just like the Bible says, human effort accomplishes nothing. And your own ability, it's not going to work. Maybe you're in this place, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, nobody look around, it's a private moment. If you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, that's me. I'm not surrendered to Jesus. Altar team, you can go ahead and get into place. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Taylor, that's me, I, <laughs> I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've known Jesus in the past, but I've walked away from him. Maybe you're in this place and you go, I've never known Jesus. I've never had a real relationship with him, but I want one. Can I tell you, when I talked about crucifixion, it wasn't just to paint you a gory picture. It's actually a picture of the deepest, truest love you will ever know. It is a love so deep and so compassionate and so real that Jesus gave up everything, his plan, his purpose. He gave up all of his wants and desires so that it could line up for you to have freedom, to have relationship with him. If you're in this place, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this place? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just raise it up. Just raise it up. It's, ain't nobody looking around, just me and you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do a very bold thing. I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, if you raise your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and come find somebody up here who's going to pray with you to receive Jesus. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The other people in this room are going to go, nuts. We are going to celebrate. We're going to hoot. We're going to holler. We're going to clap because the greatest decision you will ever make is not what college, it's not what high school, it's not what best friend to have. It's choosing Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If that's you and you raise your hand, I'm going to count to three and I want you to be bold. One, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Two, this is between you and Jesus three. If that's you, get up and get out of your seat. Come on. Can we go nuts for them? Can we celebrate them? Come on. Come on. So proud of you. 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 Here's the next part of what I want to do. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? Come on. Come on. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I believe there's a second group of people in this room that would say, Pastor Taylor, I know Jesus, but I have not fully surrendered to him. Pastor Taylor, I know Jesus, but I, I've got my own plan. I'm like that pen where there's two people fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting God and God's trying to lead me into something, but I'm scared and I don't know how to do it. That's you in this place. I'm going to 
Counts of three, and if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat, get into an aisle, and come pray with somebody. Because here's what I believe. I believe God will give you the ability to walk in surrender. If you go, God, I surrender to you, I believe that there will be breakthrough. I believe things will fall off you. Struggles, insecurities, pain, pain, painful moments, even physical healings will happen when you surrender yourself to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. One, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If you get to a place where you don't care what anybody else thinks, I promise you will live an incredible life. Two, Jesus has something for you. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to surrender. If that's you and you need to get into a place of complete, absolute surrender and deny yourself. Three, get out of your seat right now. Come find somebody to pray. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. If you're in your seats, would you just begin to worship, not with words, not with song, but just begin to focus in on Jesus. I would anticipate if you're in your seats, you're saying, I have completely surrendered to Jesus. And would you just let that overflow? Would you let that just begin to take over every part of your life? Maybe that's instead of just the worship team telling you to, but you begin to worship in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own understanding in this moment.